She sings. She acts. She does incredible voices. She's this week's latest guest on A Comic Conversation. We welcome voice actress Nazia Chaudhry. Fun fact, this is also her first ever Comic-Con interview anywhere, ever. We discuss her music career, acting, and we all bond over being the children of immigrants in America. So get those web shooters ready, break some eggs, and avoid being eaten by naked giants. It's a comic conversation. Uh, guys, how's everybody doing? <laughs> right? Woo! All right. Exciting. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay, before we get into this, this is your first con. Very first con, Here yeah. in, in Grants Pass, that's amazing. I know, and I'm so honored. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so thank you to Grants Pass, much appreciated. Before we get into your career, let's learn a little bit about you. What do you say? So okay. we, we are the Distance Learning Podcast. Uh, we're about nerding together, so what is something that you would nerd out on or, or people are nerding out on and you just don't understand why they're nerding out on it. <laughs> it's kind of a setup question, sorry about um, that. Well, it's funny because what we do is so isolated, like we're so isolated in our booths that we don't know what's going on, like as far as fandom is mm -hmm. concerned, right. right? And I see it on social media and I think that's exciting, but I'm also like, Oh, I got to record for NBC today. Oh, yeah, and I got to do this thing for Pandora. And, oh, uh, you know, Crunchyroll called, so I need to fit them in tomorrow. So we're just go, 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 go. Go, go, yeah. So I never get a chance to kind of enjoy, <laughs> nor do I get a chance to know when some of these things actually um, come out or air until I'm, like, seeing friends post um, announcements. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to do that announcement one time at some point. But then I forget, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... I would say like anime in of itself, like I, like we're so isolated. I don't know, like until, unless I see it on social media, but actually being here, it's really exciting. That's awesome. It's really exciting to see how everybody's so energized. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, um, what did you geek out on when you were a kid? So like for me, I used to geek out on like Star Wars, Transformers, G.I. Joe, that was like my childhood. What did you geek out on? It doesn't have to be nerdy. It could be music. It could be uh, whatever. Yeah, what did I was you geek a total nerd about like uh, music. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's all over the place. We're getting here. Kind of on the web. It wasn't our plan. <laughs> we just rolled this. with it. I love it. I love it. I'm just I'm kidding. Um, what were you asking me? What do I nerd out on? I started out as a musician. And I played violin starting at five years old. My mom had me in everything artistic and music-wise. Piano, clarinet, um, you name it, I played it. Um, but violin was like the staple thing. I nerded out on music, uh, playing music. We were an orchestra, youth orchestra. We traveled wow. um, in drama. I uh, kind of got into drama club at school. Um, I started singing opera when I was around 11, 12-ish. Nice. I started <laughs> studying opera and I, it wasn't like my first thing and first love. It's just because there were other um, lessons we were there or I have three siblings including, my, you know, and it's a total of four of us. So mm. I was just sitting there like listening to everybody else's uh, practice, you know, with the teacher or there at lessons. And I'm like, mom, I, you know, I can't study this one hour time slot. And she's like, well, there's a new music, there's a new voice teacher teaching. Like, I don't want to do opera. But it turns out I was really good at it and I continued to study opera and I ended up getting my undergrad in opera, oh, wow. so I nerded a lot out on voice and acting, singing. I mean, yeah. total Wait, nerd. Were you were you better than than your siblings? You could say it. It's safe. Well, it's mean, safe here. Grand I mean, okay. just just to be fair, your three siblings, even if they are into it, are they voice actors right now? No, they're exactly. not. Oh. It, right? <laughs> I 
guess that answered question. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I, you know, what's funny is I, I wanted to, I loved um, arts and music, but I also was like, okay, my, you know, I wanted to do the sensible thing. Uh, I want to be a doctor uh, like my dad or my, my brother and sister really competitive with that. And I just, I went to biology class one day. They had to dissect frogs. I was like, oh no. Oh no. No, girl, you I'm are out. not becoming. <laughs> yeah. I loved math science though and I loved things like that. But when it came to like biology, I was like, nope. Both my brother and sister, my older brother and sister doctors, my younger sister went for her law degree. And here I am, voice actor, singer, <laughs> loving my life, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so you're saying you're the most talented one out of okay. all your siblings. I'm not going to say that, but. And I mean, she has a little more fame than. Not uh, saying no, so. Uh, so for future reference, this is going to be on the internet at some point. So. Okay, see, see, I can't, I have to be diplomatic then, there you right? Go, there you go. For what? Why? So okay. wait, where, where did you grow up? Was it? I grew up in a small town, actually, similar to this. Um, New Albany, Indiana. I grew up in a. Oh, wow. Indiana. Indiana. How'd you get to Indiana? Yep. Oh, and then the accent in comes out. It's this. Yeah, right? Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> I grew up in Indiana. We didn't have very much going on, but like I said, my mom put us so much. I didn't have time to think about what the schedule was going to be, what I was going to do when I was growing up. It was like, okay, you have to perform this concerto or this thing on this weekend, start practicing and get good, you right. know? Um, so I, I would say, like, I spent a majority of my life in practice just nerding out. Exactly. Nerding out on music? Mm -hmm. On music, everything, yeah. Anything artistic, I was like, let's do it. I literally took a basket weaving class. I was talking <laughs> to my mom about That's the other artistic. day. I mean. I was talking to my mom about the other day. I was like, oh my God, mom. People joke about, it's like, yeah. used to be an old joke. Like, it would take, oh, I took basket weaving in college. We actually took basket weaving. And it was fun. Yeah, but right? You, you can sell baskets at cons. It would be great. There you right? go. You should totally I do should that. sell baskets. And I was in Fruits Basket. So why not put the theme to the, you know? Exactly. At the next con, put, put all my stuff in a basket. There, there you, you go. go. Put every, put all of your eggs the in CDs. one basket. <laughs> the, the autographs, the CDs. Right? But let, let's get into a the bundle in a basket of fruit. I feel like you're spiraling into like, this is my next big thing. We're oh putting a wonder egg in, <laughs> her, in, in her fruit basket. Right. There you go. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about right. the music because okay. like, you have CDs out, you have tons of videos on YouTube. Let's talk about how you went from like instruments, violins into operatic singing. And what would you call like your my CD? CD? My CD, well, I, I went and got my master's in jazz voice. Okay. okay. Um, so I studied contemporary voice, studied classical voice. Um, like I said, nerd out on voice, everything. Yes. Um, but you know, I, when it comes like the CD, it, it kind of came about. Um, I, I started uh, to, to dive into doing my master's in jazz voice because I wanted to learn how to communicate with uh, musicians. Um, oh. I had so many ideas of arranging on how to arrange music, but as a classically trained performer, we're taught to read music. Right. We're not really taught to think outside that box, you know? Um, um, and jazz, learning, you know, learning jazz and understanding how to apply it really helped me to communicate with musicians on what I heard in my head. Yeah. The, the kind of rhythm that I wanted to play. That's super and, interesting. And bring some of these jazz tunes to life with my spin on it. Right. right. You know? So a lot of these, um, a lot of the music on the on the CD, um, they're in a Latin jazz style. I was really inspired with Latin jazz. And I, I went to school and my undergrad was in Miami, at University of Miami, Florida. Nice. Hanging out with my people. Uh, <laughs> are you, do you have a background? Uh, are Cuban uh, or? So, so I, I'm actually a uh, producer and an engineer. No, the, the Miami. No, but she's no, she's actually asking about music. But I mean, like, um, um, I, I, I've worked in almost every genre of music that there is. Um, but I mean, I became an engineer so that I could speak to producers as a go. producer because 
you know, producers and engineers don't get along, right? Right, right, right. If you've worked right. in the music they industry long enough, you know. opinions, artistic right. opinions, well, right? Because engineers know what's possible, producers know what they hear in their head, exactly. right? So yeah. if you if you know what's possible, then you can think outside the box. Right. And yeah, that's kind of yeah. like where I went. That's so yeah. exactly the mm -hmm. exact vein of what you're talking about yeah. right there. Yeah, and if you listen to the CD, you'll hear, I mean, it's very rich with rhythm and, and um, lots of instrumentation. The funny thing is, is I started off recording with the basic band. Mm -hmm. We laid the tracks out so I could get the timing and uh, the rhythm and the tempo, uh, but we isolated and I got the vocals and started to focus more on the vocals after the fact. Mm -hmm. We did scratch tracks just to get the instrumentation, but all the lush music that you hear in that and all the rhythmic stuff, we, we added all that in post because I was like, no, it needs this. It needs something mm -hmm. here. It needs that because I, you know, as far as arranging is concerned, like music arranging, um, I started to dive more into that in my right. graduate degree. Yeah. And a little bit more creative yes, freedom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Taking something existing and making it a vision mm -hmm. from your perspective, there's something powerful about that. Yeah, you totally. know? Um, and then having to, you know, convey your message to other musicians uh, to bring that vision to life. It's amazing when you get on stage because it all comes together at that moment and yeah. you're living that moment in the moment. Yeah. That's kind of right. like the same feeling with voice acting or, you know, when you're doing a show. Um, it's that moment. You're, you're in the hot seat. You don't know what's going to happen. But if, yeah. sometimes you can't do that. I mean, in the dubbing world, you, can't, you don't have that much creativity and leeway in that. Right. But with music, it's like... Can't, can't really like, ad-lib with mouth flaps, you know? Right, right. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, when we're taught in, in at least in animation, because I've, I work, I've worked for Disney, um, Nickelodeon, Netflix. Um, when you're doing animation versus anime, anime is the dub, so you're trying to match the flaps, the voice, um, you know, and make sure that you're... Explain you're mouth flaps to everybody. <laughs> mouth <laughs> flaps is basically, you know, when the character is speaking, then um, they're speaking in Japanese usually. So we're dubbing the mouth movement in English or in whatever language that dub and, in. And the Japanese tends to have a lot more uh, syllables happening mm -hmm. than just like, yes, yeah. no. It's a right. Lot so you'll see some, you'll see on the screen like what's supposed to be like translated, right? And then as we're recording, and again, we never see the script ahead of time. I don't know who I'm going to be, you know, what voice I'm doing, what uh -huh. age range. Uh -huh. I don't know anything, what the character looks like until I get in that booth. Right. And everything's, you know, the, I, I've never even seen the script before. For, for anime, you don't. For dubbing in general, you never, will never script in oh, advance. Wow. That, that sounds both fun and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it can be, you know. We get used to it, though, after a minute. But, you know, you're you're matching those flaps. Sometimes on the fly, the director will be like, uh, yeah, we need to change this. It's too long. Even though when we're trying to tighten it up, um, the mouth flap doesn't match with, with the mm -hmm. translation they, they created. So then we're just sitting there waiting until they kind of come up with what some of what they the character needs to say. And then, then we're like, okay, we've got it down. But then maybe the timing doesn't match. Maybe it's too short. Then they try to find a word that will just not be too long or too short to fit that entire phrase or, or I, sentence. I'm super interested. Like, what are some of the, the tricks to get that to work if somebody, if the English version is just like, yes, let's go, or something like that. Like, what would you do to make it match the, the Japanese version where it's like, I'm only going to say three syllables in English. Yeah. In Japanese, I got to do like 13. Yeah, exactly. So you might be like, hey, let's get going to that place or whatever. You might, yeah. they might add something, you know, that kind of gets the point across. They get that um, inspiration, or they get that leeway to do it as a director because the, the point of it is is to match the dubbing yeah. so it looked like the character is speaking English and right. it's not like the old school Jackie Chan movies <laughs> I don't know if you guys are old enough to, to know yeah. but some of those where the you know or like or like when they when they dubbed over like the Miyazaki films yeah right and the, or, or like the uh, uh, the Iron Tiger movies yeah. and stuff like that so we like the moved old past 50s. that yeah where it's like <laughs> you're just talking but like the mouths are still moving so it's like yes 
Yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but um, sometimes for us as the voice actor, we're kind of waiting until they approve, um, or they, the director will do it on the fly and be like, you know what? Um, let's see, maybe they'll put bust out at the source or something online <laughs> and figure out what other word can we use that will get the point across. They you just know? need to start doing what Team Four Star does and just adjust the mouth flaps to what they're saying. Right? <laughs> have you seen that? It's, it's a lot of work. No. no. Oh, you we're, have? we're gonna have a Q and A. But yeah, I think she knows what we're talking about because uh -huh. <laughs> they, uh, they've, they've done it with uh, a couple of different things like Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball, stuff like that. Uh, and they redo the entire show, but then they adjust the mouth flap to what they're saying. So that, mm -hmm. made, that means that they can change the entire script, whatever they want. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Now, it's fascinating. Yeah. How did you get into voice acting? Because you have this career of music and, you know, singing, various forms of singing. How did that get you into voice acting? Oh, man. You're like, how, how much, much time? time? <laughs> how much time we got? We, we got a lot of time? I here. mean, we got about 30 minutes. You're good. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, you know, voice acting was never really like on my radar as far as things are concerned. When I was young, I mean, I'm I'm a first generation um, of born of immigrant. My mm -hmm. parents were um, Pakistani immigrants, and um, I always used to make fun of them. Me and my brothers and sisters, we always make fun of them growing up. And and whenever I would talk to my friends, I would make the voices <laughs> of my parents and family. Do you do this? <laughs> yeah. I think every I, I think first gen. Yeah, I was gonna say it's all first gen because I'm first yeah. gen American. First He's gen? first gen American. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that checks out, right? That's yeah. like we all have we've all been there. Um and then, you know, when I tell stories to friends, I would be my parents' characters. And we used to watch um all kinds of stuff and learn the, the scene, learn the movie scene, exactly how they say things. So I didn't have a concept of what is dubbing or what is anime or I wanted to do but voice acting. I just knew I loved to act and sing and um play music. I, I just didn't know be how those would come too. be creative. Yeah. Right. And you know, even when it comes to like doing graphics or putting together a campaign or something that I'm doing. I like the creativity yep. of putting that campaign together, putting the poster together. How is that design going to look? Right. I just enjoy creativity, right. you know? But, I mean, I, I was didn't set out, like, I'm going to do voice acting. In fact, I wanted to um, be on Broadway. That was sort of my thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like I said, opera wasn't really a part of my plan, but I, I was good at it, apparently. And um, Better than your siblings. <laughs> I mean. Hey, I didn't say it. I didn't say it, guys. Um, but we did, so let's yeah. just... Uh, you did, okay. So uh, I hope my brother doesn't come after me. Um, but you know, it, it's it. I kind of fell into it, and people are like, "What do you mean you just fell into it?" Well, I was singing opera. I was in Washington D.C. after I finished my undergraduate degree. I sang with Bobby McFerrin, um, Nestor Torres. I, I sang with plenty of very, very <laughs> heavy hitters in the influential music people um, when I was in Miami. And when I moved to D.C., I was like, "Shoot, you know, okay, I got to do this on my own." So I was um, singing opera. Operetta and and doing all that stuff. I saw an ad in the paper. But they don't. I don't even know if they make newspapers anymore. But I saw an ad in the paper that said uh, that there was a, a, a ca not casting a talent agency down the street from me, literally five minutes from where mm. I was staying in D.C. And um, they said they needed assistance to help. And I I told my dad I was like, hey, you know, I'd love to do this. He was like, that's an internship, Nas. You need to be looking for stuff where they pay money. You have your degree already. It's no, we're done with internships. Right. Yeah, I. I I, right now, I'm feeling the uh, PTSD of my parents. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't everybody go through that? Yeah. I, you know? It's like, that doesn't make money. Why would you do that? <sighs> right? So, I, can't, I can't brag about you to my friends and relatives, so why were you going to do that and, and hurt me? Yeah. Exactly. 
exactly, exactly. So we need know. a support group after this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? I think yeah. First gen so, first American gen. support group <laughs> for talented creatives. Right. Here we go. I, I got it. There it is. Right. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing with uh, if, if you think about. I'm forgetting his name. Uh, uh, Asian comedian. Um, Joe Koi? No, uh, he's a doctor. Ken Jong. Ken Jong. Uh, and Ken Jong talks about that too. Where the only reason he became a doctor so he could pursue being a comedian. Yes. Yeah, is because his parents didn't support him being a comedian, so he went and became a doctor. And then he was like, oh, well, now my parents can't complain about anything because if I fail as a comedian, I fall back on being a doctor. Yeah. Yep. Right? So it's yep. like, you know, that's literally the immigrant experience right there is, dude, he's a doctor. He makes more money being a comedian, but like, right. if he failed, then his parents couldn't complain. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't in the plan. And when my dad said, okay, well, you're not going to get paid for that. I said, that's okay. I, I was coaching at the time, so I made my money as a teacher, teaching music and, and actors, um, singing, because some actors would come mm -hmm. to me want to mm -hmm. learn how to sing. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing stage plays. Uh, I was performing an opera. Um, and, you know, this was an on-camera casting or uh, talent agency, on-camera agency. And I was like, you know what? The fallback plan would be, okay, I love um, the entertainment industry in general. Why don't I think, know how it works behind the scene? Maybe one day I'll want to become an agent, you know? Uh, and this would be a good way to kind of understand how talent agency works and right. have that fallback plan. But it turns out they were like, hey, Nas, you know, we need um, more actors to throw in mix for this uh, on-camera commercial. Find going on the audition. Okay. So I started booking. I started training in on-camera. And then um, when I was filing CDs for them, I was like, where do these go? They were like, oh, we also rep voiceover talent. Like, voiceover talent? I was like, what, like, what do they do in voiceover? She's like, oh, the same kind of stuff. You like commercials, maybe narrations, because National Geographic was um, not far from there. Uh, production studios and things like that. Oh, okay. I was like, so it combines acting. And she's like, yeah, it's like kind of like what you're doing right now with the on-camera <laughs> stuff and your stage, but you're using microphones. I was like, hey, the light bulb went yeah. off and I was like, oh, I sing and I act. Let's see if maybe yeah. I can do an audition one day. You know, so I asked the agent one time and I was like, hey, would you mind throwing me on that voiceover audition that, that uh, you guys are submitting for? And she, I know she was probably rolling her eyes. Carlin, if you're out there listening, I know, girl, you were rolling your eyes at me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no faith. Right? She's like, okay, throw Nas on the, on the roster for that audition. And she probably was like, just to make me happy. And I booked it. It was my nice. first voiceover job and it was for National Geographic and I freaked out because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. You know, and that all that, you know, self-consciousness yeah, yeah, creeps totally. in. And I asked all of my friends who were doing both on camera and voiceover, oh, what do I need to do? Because there weren't classes available. Yeah. We didn't, I mean, that was 20 plus years ago. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, you barely find stuff on the internet about voiceover. All I knew is that I was like, oh, Disney Princess, because I always wanted to be in musical theater. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought, oh, Disney Princess would be the ultimate. You get to voice act, you get to sing, all the things I love. Yeah. So, And then a lot of people were like, well, there's no reason to do voice acting because you have to live in L.A. to do it. Not anymore. Uh, not anymore, guys. <laughs> if you want to be a voiceover actor, not have to live in L.A. or New York or Dallas. You literally can be in your closet in <laughs> in Medford. Yeah, there you go. Right. Exactly. Recording yeah. for <laughs> Disney, Netflix, and, and Crunchyroll. Yeah. Right. Gotta well, ask Crunchy you this. Roll, Are you know. a big Disney nerd? Pardon? Are you a big Disney nerd? Is that what they call them? Yes. Disney nerd? Maybe. I yeah, don't know. Disney nerd? Are you a big, like, huge Disney nerd? Well, I'm the old school Disney nerd. Like, when Leia Salonga and all the mm. classic voices. Judy Coon. Is it Judy Coon? Um, the classic Disney voice. A whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes, like that, you know, the old school classic stuff. Um, But I guess I am a Dis nerd. I don't know. Yeah, I'm proud. Hey, we're Dis nerds and we're proud. I'm loud and proud now. Exactly. (laughs) I'm a Dis nerd. It's because I noticed on your YouTube channel you have a lot of like you know, like Disney covers on there too. Yeah. So I was like, she, she seems like a Disney. I am. I am. I love uh, like that that classic style. I don't know. I think it's just because I grew up on it. When I was young, I used to listen to this show on NPR um, on the way home from our rehearsals and lessons and things like that. Um, and it was called Broadway by Night. And I used to just sit and listen to it all night. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, even though I was studying opera, I, in my heart I was just like, I would love to do musical theater. Um, but I did audition a lot for Broadway. When I was in D.C., I used to take this Chinatown to Chinatown bus mm-hmm. from D.C. Chinatown to New York Chinatown. And um, I would take it and audition for Broadway, too. But, you know, as, a, as an actor of color, as a person of color, 20-plus uh, years ago, and still now to this day, we deal with um, traditional mm-hmm. casting yeah. being mm-hmm. being a part of the struggle. Mm-hmm. And, and it's slowly starting to change, but you see you see the complaints. Yes. Right? I mean, look at Ariel right now. Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. really opened up the doors for people of color mm-hmm. in in anime animation <clears throat> and you know I think in anime they were a little bit more forward thinking about that because mm-hmm. I was booking a lot more <clears throat> um, in that and it didn't matter what I looked like right you know and now it is starting to matter like what your ethnicity is and your authenticity and, and are you authentic to the character are you <clears throat> and and sometimes you know we deal with that too as as a person of color you run into challenges like that that mm-hmm. you think like but I'm I feel like I'm just as competitive but you know, it, right. it can become a political thing of why you're not cast for something, you know? Right, right, um, right. And I, it's a touchy subject, I think. And I've know? always heard that uh, <laughs> on-screen acting is like, you know, that's that huge, big thing, and it's less of a stigma in voice actors. You can play anybody as voice actor. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it's starting to become now more like we want, um, you know, if, if we have a, a black anime character, we want it voiced by a black uh, person, right, a right. black, black or actor of color or something right, like that. Right, right, Do right. you so see any of that, like, uh, typecasting or not being up, up for roles because of your color? Like, yeah. You know, one of the examples we always end up using is like Phil Lamar, who's oh African American. Plays everything. Great oh, yeah. actor, but yeah. like one of his more famous roles is Samurai, Samurai Jack. Jack. Yeah. yeah, so Phil Lamar, a black man playing a Japanese man. And, and, and I've heard multiple interviews with him about like, you know, like, yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of voice acting is you can play anyone. Um, I've listened to so many Rob Boston interviews. It's yeah. just, you know, every time that he talks about like, you know, you can be anybody. Because, you know, it, 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 you're not limited by who you are when it comes to being a voice actor. And I think that's that's what really gravitated, you know, that's why I gravitate towards voice acting the most mm-hmm. of all because with on-camera work I loved doing the on-camera work don't get me wrong because it was another medium of acting um, and performance um, but I did notice you know on stage as well in opera I was not getting cast as lead roles not even supporting roles chorus only and I worked really hard in my mm-hmm. career I know where I stand voice-wise against some of the other people that were getting cast and you know it, it, it's hurtful but there was there was a point in my mind after I came back from a Broadway audition I thought that's it that's it I'm gonna focus focus more on voice acting and instead of doing just the opera stage opera or stage acting because I was struggling at that point that was 20 years ago again um, with uh, you know traditional casting when you're dealing with traditional casting that's a beast you cannot control right you know somebody's gonna cast um, a certain person in a, in a particular lead role because that is traditionally what the ethnicity of that person is you are not gonna see a Pakistani they see Indian uh, lead character for you know uh, Miss Saigon yeah, yeah. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you deal with certain things like that when we have additional casting. So with voiceover, it was sort of that safe haven. Like, it did not matter what I looked like. It did not matter my color. Mm-hmm. I could voice for any um, any ad campaign, uh, any client. And there are friends of mine who actually changed their name 
Yeah. I stayed strong and was like, you know what? This is the name I was given, and that's that's who I am. You know, it surprised me to find out how many actors uh, that change their name that are Hispanic and Asian descent, but because they can pass as, as white, they change their names, and it's like, wow. And to me, it's the pride thing. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah, I mean, like, they, we're getting more people who are more open, like, look at Pedro Pascal. He's, like, acting in everything, and he plays every role that's out there, yeah. and he's proud, like, he's proud of who he is, yeah. you know, saying that he just so many actors that are that are starting to get the chance on that, right? But it's like, I've seen that in the past, you know? Yeah. And again, like, you know, talking about that backlash that, like, Haley Bailey got, right? Um, for, for playing a character that it be, became white in the 80s, but it traditionally is a green sea monster. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. If you've ever seen the original or read the original story of Little Mermaid, she's not human-like. She's a scaly green monster. Uh, yeah. That's oh, messed up. That, yeah. that story yeah. is screwed up, but I mean. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if you've, you've asked these questions before to um, actors of color, but, or to people of color in general, but when it comes to um, characters, a lot of times we get thrown in the animal role. We get we get thrown into a role as playing animals or right. or um, characters that don't have a color. Uh, and it's fascinating. It's fascinating to me, you know. I like, wouldn't even have thought of that. Yeah. That's I amazing. played a worm for a, po <laughs> a popular show coming that's on Netflix right now. And my kids think I'm so cool now. But I feel like my life is an NDA. Everything I'm doing lately is NDA. So um, that just but, means you're getting more work. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> now I'm gonna look at Netflix for like every worm I can find. <laughs> <laughs> like, and she hasn't come out yet, so I can't see anything. Okay, we're not gonna, we're not uh, gonna. Uh, off, off mic, off mic. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, what do we, why don't we talk about Attack on Titan? Okay. And like how we got, how you got into that role, like how far into your voice acting career were you before you landed that? Or, or even role? before that, because your first anime role was Black Butler, right? Y'all did your homework. Oh, yes, yes. Wow. And Black Butler's a big deal. That's a, that's a huge show, right? So I mean, you know, getting into that, right? Like, were you nervous the first time you went in the booth for that? Or, you know, just kind of like, were you just like, were you excited? Were you like, what the hell am I doing here? The last, <laughs> the last thing you said, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> I am trained as a musician, a singer. And I think that's when all those nerves kicked in was like, these are theater actors and they've been doing this since they were babies, you know? So part of me was like, oh my God, what am I? Uh, okay, yeah. That You're was my first time dealing with the three beats and it's not like oh, yeah. I could look that stuff up on the internet then. Right, yeah, yeah. You know? And now so, it's like, oh, what's a metronome? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so part of me, I mean, going in for that, when I, you know, I, I didn't know how big anime was, honestly. Yeah. And still I don't realize how big it is until you're kind of hearing these things in person, right. which this is my first time. Um, so when I was doing that, people were like, oh my God, you're my baller. I'm like, yeah. And then <laughs> I'm thinking like it's no big deal. Like just go to the studio, do it. And they're like, do you know how big this thing is? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. You know, I guess this is a thing. Well, when I auditioned for Funimation, I was with my agent at the time. They repped me for on-camera and voiceover. And um, I was kind of taking a break, trying to learn more about what I want to do next for my like um, career as far as music was concerned. Because that's always been the, th the same thread throughout my yeah. life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, let me just take on this uh, voice acting stuff and kind of dive in a little bit more into uh, into this and see what happens. Well, when um, my agent at the time asked me, you know, they're looking for new actors um, at Funimation. Why don't you audition? And it was in person. We went in person. and That's in Dallas, right? Yeah, in okay. Dallas. Um, we went in person and I was like, well, where's the script? I, I messed like text message. That, I don't think we were text messaging them. <laughs> but I remember emailing before going out. Um, hey, uh, can you send me the script? She's like, oh, no, no, no. These are all NDA and you're going to see it when you get there. I said, even for the audition? She's like, yeah. Uh -huh. just, I, just sending pager code? <laughs> <laughs> pager. <laughs> 
Can't you hit me up on my two-way? Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I wanted a sidekick so bad. We're not going to go there, though. <laughs> See, I thought you guys were younger than, than you actually are, so I'm like, no, okay. I, I am deceptively old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you age well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Means that first-gen kind young, of thing. Young at you know? heart. It's your young background. <laughs> but yeah, I think like going in, I, I didn't know what to expect. It was like a hazing for anime. Oh, and man. the director told me, listen for the three beeps and go. And I was like, uh, I don't even know. What, let me at least read the thing. Uh, you, you did not have time for that. He was like, let's watch the Japanese version and then you're in. So I was like, oh, but don't I need to read the English version first and kind of like understand what I'm saying first? Yeah. Understand kind the of, character. No, a little bit. He was like, do you have any questions? I was like, yeah, like what's, what's the backstory on her? You know, ask all the actors questions. And at that time, I thought I was wasting the dude's time. And I thought, no, you should ask those questions. Mm -hmm. And I'm sweating bullets inside. And right. I'm like, oh, God, you know. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? This is the audition. But in the in our world, auditioning is our job. Right. So I've, I've always heard it in is the performance. Uh, yeah, I've always heard in 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 the uh, in, in the dubbing world, uh, your best asset is being able to read on the fly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we get paid speaking to of, read speaking on the fly. Speaking on the fly, <laughs> if you guys got questions, get them ready. We'll do some audience questions yeah. in if, a couple minutes. If we can have everybody just anybody who has questions, if you can just line up in the middle right here, I have a mic that I'm going to have you guys talk on. Cool. Sorry, where were we? Uh, in the Black Butler. Yeah, you were sweating bullets. Yes. <laughs> I was sweating bullets and inside was like, oh my God, like I've performed in front of tens of thousands of people. Yeah. I've toured. What is your problem? And it is so intimate that working with a microphone, and I learned this even in just recording, you know, doing recorded mm -hmm. music and um, session, session uh, singing is such an intimate thing yeah. when you're working with a microphone. It's literally like if my mom was out in the audience, I would be nervous. I could spot her and she was like visible in right. front of me. Right. Um, those that are closest to you get very nervous, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think I've been in the hot seat so many times. That was just a different type of hot seat right. that I was not prepared for. Um, and again, like the agent, all their job is to tell you this is where you got to be and this is the thing. And my my job is to ask the questions and make sure I'm prepared. Right. But having nothing to prepare right. was like an actor or artist's nightmare, I think, in general. Like even as a musician, I make sure I practice the heck out of that music. So when I'm out there, it looks seamless to y'all. But dang, inside I'm like, <laughs> you worked this out. You worked all the scenarios out um, in the practice room. Now it's go time. Now it's creativity. Now right. it's like time to time to get creative and have fun. Uh, how many times did they have to tell you to kiss the mic? Pardon? How many times did they tell you to kiss the mic? Oh, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about like like in a kissing scene? No, oh. no, no. So uh, um, a lot of times oh, for people be, who are first close. time, they're not close yeah. enough to the mic. So yes. I need you to kiss the mic, so they want you like up here on yeah. the mic like that. Yeah. I al I also do know from your engineer and producer perspective, do not touch the equipment. Oh yeah. Do not touch the microphone. Let them adjust it. Um, and that's their stuff. Right. You know, not yeah. not our job to handle you, that. You that's break your my job. stuff, I murder you. That's basically what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I already know. I'm that way myself, like in right. general. So, you know, with my siblings and I, it's like, that's mine. <laughs> that's mine. No, that's my room. So I know. When it's somebody else's stuff, you don't touch it. Right. So uh, I got to ask this question here. Uh, pandemic, last two years, right? Uh, how did that change the deal for you? I know you. we, we talked about recording at home, uh, but do you have like a home studio? Yeah. I know a lot of uh, recording artists just basically started uh, making soundproof booths in their closets. Yeah. So uh, did, did you, do you actually have a studio? Studio, 
or do you have, is it a closet setup? Well, um, okay. So my mom came to visit me right before the lockdown. When she came to visit, I had sound panels that I had gotten from a studio in Atlanta that I'd worked with. I had a, a relationship with a very famous studio called Doppler Studios. Mm -hmm. Look them up. Lots of platinum records came out of there. Lots of history. I have uh, one of the Neumann U87s, the original 16. I have one of them. Um, and all the panels in my studio are from Doppler Studios, the original Doppler from the original owner. I am completely jealous. Oh, wow. I was so like in awe. And you know, it was an accident that I got a hold of one of those U87 Neumann. That's like the industry standard recording um, dream uh, yeah, for a for, singer for vocals, and yeah. for a singer especially. Yeah, and it's like vintage. for instrument miking, we use SM57s, but yeah, no, that that, that Neumann. It is vintage, so oh it's the god. original. Like every capsule. studio wants one. Oh my god, I I had a relationship with Sennheiser Neumann. I was a um, an artist with them, and they gave me quite a bit of a discount for even working with them as an authorized partner. But I paid the same price as an, as I would a new one for that vintage. I could have gotten <laughs> half price for a brand new one, but I wanted that vintage like, original capsule sound. Man. It yeah. sounds just like my voice. It is say, your audio sound. quality must be yeah. beautiful. It is gorgeous. It is my workhorse. Yeah. Like it is the one workhorse. It's rusty as hell. Looks, you know, like all <laughs> tattered and torn. But that thing, is, yeah. the sound is but gorgeous. The yeah, I'm gushing over a microphone right now. Like I'm just. <laughs> oh my God. It, yeah, it's it's beautiful. And you know, I I have other mics that I've accumulated over time over the years. That is still like my go-to. Um, but before the pandemic, I had those sound panels I had reupholstered with a friend of mine. Um, that and the next phase was to actually get those panels up. Well, I had uh, developed a nerve injury after having my son about six and a half years ago, and that left me in therapy, uh, physical therapy, um, and a lot of medical therapy for quite a while. It was a really hard time. It was a turning point in my career, um, trying to decide, like, you know, it's going to be really hard to perform live singing gigs because I have to lug equipment around. I can't do that like right. I used to. Um, so I had to really look inward uh, and, and deal with a lot of stuff uh, when it came to that. Um, but when I, I was like, let me just do this in phases. Let me break this up in, into smaller pieces. Let me just get the panels reupholstered. Have a friend help me. Then the next step is to build the studio around. Mm -hmm. So those panels mm -hmm. laid there for probably about a year um, until my mom came to visit me. And she was the driving, has always been the driving force in my career. Always oh, wow. pushing nice. me to, to, to go further with things. And she's like, I'm coming. We're going to design your studio. That's it. I, we're hiring somebody to help you. And you need to, you know, you need to get back to what you were doing. I love that your mom went from, you know, are you going to get a better job to, no, if we're going to do this, we're doing this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was like, she was like, no, you are not letting this stop your career. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You are, you are continuing to build this studio. And we built that studio. I had designed the SoundCloud above your little, your little web. I, I know. This is, <laughs> um, I don't know who put this up. Blame Anna Medford. We didn't do any of this. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm kidding. Um, I, I designed the SoundCloud above by watching YouTube videos, um, uh, talked to engineers, paid the money trying to get the right um, position and placement for all those uh, sound, uh, the sound panels. And we locked that studio up right before lockdown. I have never been busier in my life oh, wow. until that happened because everybody needed a soundproof booth. Right. And if I had not done that in time, I, I work with a lot of engineers, you know, and producers in general. And one of my producers was like, hey, we noticed a little echo in your sound. That's when I called my mom. I was like, mom, we got to do something because my husband is so busy with his job and mm -hmm. my arms barely work, <laughs> you know, because with this nerve injury. So it was hard to try to like get the pieces together to put that vision together. But it is a beautiful space that I feel like reflects me, you know, hard it's work. turquoise, it's, you know, <laughs> right, I love the right. ocean. It's got all the colors. I'm still like working on it, but um, I, I still need to clear out all the junk. Um, I, but 
I keep that corner clean because yeah. that's what clients see, you know. That on is Zoom as call. one philosopher that I've uh, studied has said, uh, "Badass." <laughs> All right, who's uh, got questions? That's what I was going to say. Does anybody have any questions that they want to come up and ask? Please, please, come on up. By please. the way, we're pretty much at time, so come on up, ask questions, and if you're a little shy, totally cool. Now you're going to be at your table later as well, right? Yeah, Okay, yeah. perfect. We're at the booth. I don't know, Sarah, what, what building are we in? Do you remember? The other one, yeah. The other building. That's where we're at. Uh, first off, what's your name? My <laughs> name is Daryl. All right, everybody give it up for Daryl. Hi, Daryl. What was the most exciting anime that you did? The most exciting? Well, when I recorded for uh, Misaki in Wonder Egg Priority, I would say I had the most fun working on that with the director that I recorded from home, from my home studio, because although I do live in Dallas, at that time, um, nobody was going into studios. Mm -hmm. And I had the best time with the director. Uh, we were joking around. And Misaki looks like my daughter. Aww. And it really reminded me of her. And I was like, you know, this is, this is really cool it was a cool moment because it, i think in your younger years when you're building your career you're so hustle bustle and every you don't have time to really enjoy what you're doing that was a moment for me where i was just like i cannot believe that i do this for work right mm -hmm. i don't think you know i and then sometimes you ask god or you think to yourself what, what what should i be doing but if you follow the signs and you kind of look for those signs you ask the right questions and you follow those right signs you are in the right place at the right time where mm -hmm. you're supposed to be you're supposed to be going through those things right now because it's going to make you stronger for later and i think i was more prepared and was able to actually have fun and not be worried about uh what's my line um you know <laughs> yeah. and then the funny thing is is like these scripts are written for you and i think mm -hmm. that's the beautiful beautiful thing about it is because there came a point in my career where I just had so much going on. It was hard to remember lyrics. It was hard to remember words to things, um, to, you know, when you had to, um, you know, record for on camera or stage. So it's laid, laid out for you. The most important thing I think we forget is that the acting is what's important. It's not the voiceover part. It's not the, the voices. Small V, big A. Acting. Yeah. Small V, big A. It's not about the voice. It's about the acting. Yep. All about that. Thanks. Thank awesome. you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Come on up, come on up. Uh, I'm Jeremy, and I may have missed this because I came a little late. Uh, what well, if you were to do a Broadway right now? What character would you want to be? Oh my God! Oh wow, that is a good question. Um, I have not watched the movie or the show Waitress, but um, I came across that song because in my in you know in our world, I also um, audition for shows where we have to sing for Disney, Nickelodeon. Um, sometimes they have uh, animation that be uh, that requires singing, and I came across. The one of the songs from a waitress and I just went on a deep dive I love the um, the musician who writes the, the music uh, not coming to me right now look, look it up um, but I love her stuff and I think I covered a song of hers before so when I started listening to it I was just like oh my god the lyrics started to make me cry and I'm like oh my god this is like kind of my story right now you know when it moves you and you cry it's yeah. good yeah S hey, Jeremy Barrellis. I appreciate it and Sarah Bareilles. Uh, also yeah. that uh, that Doctor Strange is awesome man yeah hey Doctor Strange use the uh, Eye of Agamotto just go back and time yeah. show up at the right time you're, don't be late. you're, you're, you're gonna be in the cosplay contest later right uh you should does anybody else have any questions come on up why don't we make this the last question since we're over a little bit of time okay. and if you need to carry on a conversation you'll be at your table in i forgot the name of the other building but you can get some cds and and some autographs that's some amazing um, um oh, lithographs quinn. yeah all right everybody give it up for quinn hey quinn Woo! Woo 
Um, what is one show or anime you wish you voice acted in? Oh, wow. Guys, you guys got some good questions. Um, one that, well, there's one that I recently did that I, I wish I played more of a part in, and it was, uh, um, was the one where they, One Piece. One Piece. I was one of the so hard boiled girls. <laughs> uh, and that was super fun. I think we did, like, a couple other characters on that, but it seemed like it would be a really fun show to be a part of as, like, a, a, a bigger character, you know? But again, like, I mean, I, I don't even think about those things. These are really good questions. I should start thinking about things like that. You know, I, I, I'm grateful for whatever comes my way. And I, I'm really at this point in my career where I believe things that are supposed to happen for me are, you know, are coming because of the work I've done and the auditions I'm putting out and the hard work I'm putting in that whatever's meant for me is going to come to me. You know, it's a different attitude to have, you know, right. to where I'm not thinking like, what am I going to do next? Who am I going to be next? Or what show do I want to be? I feel like if it's meant for me, yeah. it's going to happen. You know, that is awesome well guys i think we're up on time here so before mm -hmm. we let you go gotta ask you one more question here okay. what's next if you could say anything what's next that's not covered by nda right now and where can everybody find you aside from the booth like uh, on social media where can everybody find you okay well um what's next for me is there's a, a show on netflix that's fairly popular with the young ones um and that's one i play a worm in and there's <laughs> another one where i play a mom and it's a long running uh series that you guys are very familiar with. It's been going on for um, 20 plus years. Uh, that that I'm a part of. That's coming mm, out. Okay. Um, yes. And uh, some some things on Netflix are in the works. Uh, so again, all of those are NDA right yeah, now. Totally. I, I have worked for, for Nickelodeon International. That show is still not out yet. We got behind because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been super fun. I worked with really heavy hitter director on that. Who just oh my god. That is, he is one of the best directors I've ever worked with um, on that project. But yeah, some super exciting things but they're all in yay all, all that did, says to me yes. is like go get an autograph right now before yeah nausea blows up yeah yes. things are about to blow up so get that autograph now yeah yes, uh she's yes. gonna be in the next building over here guys she's got <laughs> but yes. nausea, tell the everybody where they building. can find you. the other building <laughs> yeah. the other other building um no uh, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you and uh and all your social media yes you can find me at nasvoice.com if you look me up on twitter it's nasvoice n-a-z voice. If you look me up on Instagram, it's Nas underscore voice. Um, but if you go to NasVoice.com, you'll find all my stuff linked there. And uh, I do have a QR code Ooh, that sweet. if you guys want to scan so at my fancy. booth. Does it work know, with pagers fancy. Yeah. Does it work with it pagers? Works with pagers. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can pull up the QR code <laughs> with my pager. Can I, can I pull it up on AIM? Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, don't, don't hate. MSN but I Messenger? A, I, I still have an AOL account, okay? Oh, so if do that I. tells you anything. But I'm just saying, like, can I pull it up on MSN Messenger? Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to pull it up on Netscape Navigator. I, I met somebody with a Netscape I, account the other day, I and kept, I was like, I do not feel bad for my AOL account, okay? Yeah. What? Oh, I see God. <laughs> I, I kept my AOL account just because, like, one day it's going to come back and it's going to be retro, and I'm going to be the coolest kid. And you know what? <laughs> I've had my account for 25 years. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm old. I could not find I could not find Nas Chaudhry at Gmail, and so I had to use my uh, married name, which my husband still has. You know, he's a little upset that I don't go with my married name. But everything had Chaudhry. Everything is 
Nazia Chaudhry, I was like, if I change my name, I gotta get new headshots. I gotta yeah. get new media. Mm-hmm. I gotta, and he still has a problem with it. It's, You're especially a when you away. work, especially if when you work in this industry, it's actually better not change your name. So it's like, yeah. these are, and unless, it's hard unless, you're, unless you're great a while, you know. It's <laughs> hard enough to spell <laughs> my name Griffin. as is. Yeah. Can you imagine Nazia Sharkawi? People will go like, uh, I'll write Chaudhry's hard. So that's why I started it to Nas' voice. Nice, perfect. <laughs> that's nice. perfect. Well, guys, let's give a round of applause to Nas Chaudhry. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's comic conversation. This was a production of the Distance Nerding Podcast and Time for Tacos Media, a part of the Comic Con Radio family. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and TikTok, all at Distance Nerding. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, and keep nerding together.